Hello, fellow caviar connoisseurs. I know you're excited to talk sports today, so without further ado, welcome to Sports Caviar with Hall, Burn, and Bijan. Hello, caviar connoisseurs, and welcome to this week's episode of Sports Caviar. We're going to be doing a full deep dive. We're going to be peeling back the onion on the NFL playoff showdown there's a couple other things that we're going to be talking about in between obviously there was a huge game last night in the world of college football big championship game our very own burn nasty was sidelined to give us the live update so stay tuned for that as well we're going to be playing a little bit of pickums. we're going to tell you who to pick in the betting world and then we're also going to tell you who to take on the money line as well Literally going so deep, we had to put on gloves for this episode. Burn Nasty, what's up, man? I'm surprised you're awake right now. Did you even go to sleep last night? No, I'm still on cloud nine. I'm running off adrenaline right now. Running off championship fuel, as they say. Man, what a great game. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about it. And we got NFL right around the corner, so it doesn't stop. There's no break. Excited to to dive deeper into that. But yeah, we got some fun stuff uh, lined up for tonight. I'm loving it. Yeah. But Bajan, whenever you play, when you go, if you go to a local casino, do you guys have casinos in Carolina? There are two freestanding in Western North Carolina, uh, just on the border between us and West Virginia. It's about a two hour drive from the house. Not not that I know. Full casinos? Full full Monty. And exciting Uh, news, as of yesterday, online sports gambling has passed in the great state of North Carolina. Should be online in time for March Madness A. More to celebrate yesterday. Not only hail to the champions of the West and the year of burn, but online sports gambling has hit North Carolina. (laughs) It's gone through the Bible Belt, so you know that it's making some headways now. Whenever you play roulette, do you ever put money on zero, or do you just play the numbers on the inside of the table? It's a great question. So depends on this European and American difference. There's one has just one zero. The other has zero and double zero. If mm-hmm. I'm playing the one with zero and double zero, I will normally, if I'm playing numbers inside, I like to straddle a small amount on that sneaky zero. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nothing more, there's nothing more deflating and everyone's cheering for a number or color. And everyone's like, I don't put a lot on there because I don't want to be the guy's like, yay, zero. No, no one likes that guy. But a no. little, bit of ins- little bit of insurance is what I put on there, not a large bet. Well, man. Is it a big that's, odds? That's no, just same odds. That, that gets you, what, 16 to sixteen to 1 or 17 to 1, whatever it is. If it's just, it, uh, yeah, it's just nobody, if for the most part, 98% of the bets on the table are not related to zero. So if it rolls zero, that's basically the house winning. So every once in a while, you'll see somebody come on the table and they'll put money on zero. And I'm like, everybody at the table just gives that person the stank. They're betting with the house. It's the yeah. same craps. It's the don't pass line. Nobody likes yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. But it could quite be profitable though. We're not there. You gotta be there with make some friends at some times and other times it's the business. You gotta choose your Well, <laughs> It's about the money. So we're very lucky to have our, our very own Burn Nasty on the show tonight. We thought that he was just going to be incoherent after last night's massive championship. Bum, bum, bum. Hell, baby. I, Hell, yes. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I was not really able to watch much of the semifinal game because my heart was still broken and, and hurting with Seminole Nation. But since both of the teams that we got snubbed for lost i felt inclined to actually watch the full national title game and i i I don't want to say that i regret it but it was a little boring for a non-partisan viewer michigan dominated the game correct um i think that from your perspective and big blue nation you guys probably should have felt pretty comfortable throughout that game as far as the control factor was concerned. There was never really a moment where I felt like Washington really had a chance to win that game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I was hoping Michigan would be able to do is control the clock, control both Mm -hmm. lines of scrimmage, 
But Washington had the top offensive line in the country, which Michigan had had the, the two prior years. Our defensive line stepped up. We, I think, oh, yeah. did really well of, of, of pushing the pocket and, and really just keeping Penix from making those big plays. And we've got a secondary that can, can hang with those three future NFL stars. So I felt really good, but it was our rush, our, our rushing. I thought that's where we could really dominate, and we did. Rushing for, what, 300 yards? My goal was if we get to 200-plus yards rushing and score 27-plus, that that was going to be a victory. And as expected, what I said happened, and here we are, national champions, and couldn't be more excited. More, I'm just, yeah, super stoked. Got to spend with the family, celebrate. It's been a great season, incredible season, and obviously... Me being able to be in Ann Arbor for a couple of the games this year, it just uh, was a cherry on top. But uh, yeah, I woke up and was pinching myself to make sure that uh, <laughs> that it actually did happen. But defense awesome. won championships, and I think that we showed that our defense was 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 stellar this year. And fifteen straight opponents under twenty five points, first time in a long time. But yeah, pretty exciting. But John, what were your thoughts on the game? We talked about it. I think what we, both teams are who we thought they were, and Michigan turned out to be the best team in the country. Washington, as we talked about last week's show, if you tuned in, cannot stop the run. Wolverines, didn't matter who was at running back. I think Bernie had three snaps at running back. He may have broke on a 56-yard run because it didn't matter who went in. They had 300 yards rushing. They averaged eight yards a carry. And here's what's impressive about Washington. I appreciated the result. They did not give up. This is a 20 to 13 game going into the fourth quarter. Was it in control? It was more of cruise control, but you got to keep your eyes on the road. This wasn't cruise control driving through Montana. This is more cruise control going maybe on the turnpike. You still got to pay attention, but it was 20 to 13 going to the fourth. Huge drop on third down by Will Nixon on open pass that had a chance to tie the game or make it a four point game. They were driving. That play was pivotable. In the ball game, you hate to see it. We're going to talk about a, another key drop later in the show, I know. But I, I don't think mid, I hated mid, it. No, not, not to be upset. <laughs> look at it from another angle. And I, I think Michigan truly was the best team and, and deserved to win the ball game. But that was a huge pivotal point in that. Mirror images. Michigan threw all of 19 passes, 38 rushes. Penix's arm and rib may fall off after how many hits. 51 passes last Lord. night. Fortunately, I had the over 23 completions. That was easy cash from and only 20 rushes for the Huskies. So mirror images, Michigan stuck to who they were, and that's what I appreciated. What I loved about, not to belabor the point, late in the fourth quarter, they did exactly what they did against Alabama. They got Roman Wilson involved. They get their big, talented tight end involved on mm. some play action, and that got him down and got him breathing room to have Quorum run it again and again into the end zone to seal it. So Michigan knows the formula. I think Washington knew it was coming, just couldn't stop it. Better athletes and better execution. Hell of the victors, burn. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was pure dominance, but I, I will say this, okay. Washington coming into the game, their total defense was 98th in the nation, okay? So I do think it's a little bit of an embarrassing stat that is the that was our national championship, right? There should have been a more balanced team out there to, to at least square off in the national title game. I feel like what we saw last night was more of a semifinal matchup. Now, obviously, Washington advanced. They made it to the national championship. But they didn't look like at all like a national championship team to me. They Their defense was atrocious. You, I, McCarthy didn't even throw the ball. Now, much to my chagrin, because I took the over on McCarthy 201 yards, and I'm like, please. Yeah, that's a tough bet. I like Quorum 99 was the, the easiest bet in the house as well, next to the Penix's. I, uh, I took Quorum and I took Edwards. And I, took, I had uh, Edwards. Yeah. I had, McCar- I had McCarthy under because I knew that we were just going to run. Insider burns an insider. Yeah. He just but he I, kept I, trying to force it to the outside. I thought Washington's corners played well, specifically on third down until they got really tired. So give them a lot of credit. Their rush defense yeah. was abysmal. But overall, I think they played over their heads for three quarters. Great effort. Michigan just had too much. Just wore them out like a prize fight. It, it, I think you could predict maybe Washington might have got TKO'd in the first three or four rounds. They actually went, not quite a decision, but late into the fight. Give them yeah, credit. Yeah. Michigan just the be- better heavyweight. It looked like it was going to be a blowout early, actually. 
I was hoping it was going to be like Georgia TCU last year. It was so, close. So I could just yeah. relax on the couch at because I, I don't when I watch those games I don't sit down. So of course not. Yeah, and I was like, man, it'd be nice to sit down, relax, not really think about it that second half. But when they, they stopped you guys on fourth down, that was a big. That was my only point. question mark. I don't know why we did that. Up seventeen three, you got what three and change left. Make them go ninety five yards. You were gonna yeah. have to uh, try to punt it down there. I think that that would be. I'd rather make them go ninety five than sit there and only have half the field to, to go with her. It was fourth and three. Offense. But I like to go for the go for the TKO there. I think you're with the yeah. yeah. A chance to throw okay. a haymaker. Yeah. Then the question is the play call. Yeah. We can run three yards, like with our eyes closed. So I just didn't. I think both of both of our big time crucial calls. I didn't like play call throws. Yeah, I think that uh, this cements Harbaugh as one of the greater coaches in college football history. He turned the the program around in Michigan. You guys come in from the Rich Rodriguez eras to Harbaugh, and he really got you guys on the map. And it was just he had to get that monkey off his back with Ohio State. That was his big bugaboo. Yeah, um, he had to switch culture and get the the right the right talent in there. And as soon as yeah. he was on the same playing field with all these big big time programs like Ohio State, Alabama, we show what we can do. We'll see. It's probably just gonna be lightning in the bottle. You know, obviously, I, I would expect him to you know transition and go get that other big award, uh, like his brother. And so I'm expecting him to, to make a change here shortly. Ooh. Oh, we got insider information here. Okay. So mm-hmm. burn. So coach khakis, he goes out on top and leaves the program in a perfect position. So the question is if he really, cause there's a lot of smoke about him going to the NFL right now, mm-hmm. where, where do you think he's going to go in your opinion? Yeah, he's got the new agent, Don Yee, who's the agent for Tom Brady. So he's a he's an NFL agent type guy. The smoke's there. He's obviously tested the waters multiple years in the past. So I, I, I expected him to go out on top and say, okay, especially with how college football is these days. And he just wants to coach. And I think the NFL's where it's at. He wants to get that Super Bowl too, like his brother. Where I think he would be the best fit, I think it's the Chargers because you have a an NFL Pro Bowl stud quarterback that you can work with. But they've got talent on the defensive side. He just needs to get the right coordinators in place. But I, I just don't know if the Chargers will open up the checkbook for him and give him the freedom. He, I think he's going to want a lot of control. And so if he can get the right GM in place, because in San Fran, he had Trent Baalke. He kind of handpicked, they kind of went together. But I, I can see the Raiders. I really think he could do wonders for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, but I, I don't think he'll like that situation. Yeah. So I'm, I just think every quarterback he's been around, he turns into a, a player. He did that with Alex Smith, turned his career around. He, he obviously did well with Colin Kaepernick coming out of the blue. He does well with quarterbacks. So I think that he would maybe fix Bryce, but I think the Chargers is the best situation. And I, and he's a West Coast guy. So I think it would be the best fit for him, but we'll see what kind of money is thrown on that table. I could buy yeah, Mark, Mark Davis, you know him, he, that boy, he'll back up the brinks. It will. Oh, yeah, for great, sure. They're, yeah, great haircut, open purse strength. He's ready. Khakis, khakis in Vegas. Woo! Khakis. Fits right he'll in. start wearing khakis with that haircut. Mark Davis would be style. <laughs> Bajan, what do you think about a couple names that Byrne didn't uh, mention was Chicago, and it, there's a lot of smoke, as we are talking about here with Belichick leaving New England. Do you think... Coach Khakis would go to either of those teams. The The Bears is his home team. Yeah, Chicago is, a, is intriguing just because of the ties to Chicago. It's a great sports town. I think that there are a lot of pieces in draft pick capital that if he had control, like Byrne mentioned, that would be worth it for him. I could see him fitting in that town. His brothers had a great run in Baltimore, which different city, but similar type of blue-collar mentality. I'm going to go out there and work. Love their sports deeply. I could see that match. I, I like that with the pieces they have in there. Chargers is a sexy pick. I really think Las Vegas should reward Antonio Pierce. We talk about what's right for the locker room and what's right for that. They went four and two in the division. Mark Davis said it's interesting what he said. I asked him not to coach. I asked him to lead and delegate. That's what leaders do is lead and delegate. We mentioned the win over Ohio State for 
Jim Harbaugh. What says the most about him is he wasn't there for it. it. It's the best when you're a leader when you're not there, when you've empowered your team to do that. So you want a coach and a leader of a program or a franchise to lead and delegate. I think Antonio Pierce has done that. He's fired up. He's brought back old Raiders. He deserves that job. And I'd love to see Harbaugh in Chicago personally, but the Chargers is maybe too hard to pass up with the weather, the stadium, the toys he has already there. I could understand it. Love to see him in Chicago, Carolina. Stay away. Everybody. You don't think uh, you don't think New England would would want to replace Belichick with another great coach, high profile? Coach. I wouldn't want to follow. I wouldn't want to follow Belichick. I don't want to be the next guy. I'd be the guy after the guy that covers Belichick. I want to be the guy after <laughs> that guy, but not the I, guy directly following Belichick. I see if Belichick does leave or steps down or gets release of of the coaching side of things. With Tennessee doing what they just did, letting go Brable, like Brable's a, a Patriots guy. Oh, yeah, that's true. The players love him. Good call, Byrne. Uh, and that just seems to be a perfect marriage and a perfect transition from Belichick to Mike. That's probably what's going to happen in reality now that you mention it. That I don't Give know the Falcons, if both... too. You know. And Bajan might give an endorsement there for that. But... <laughs> oh, my, run far away from the Falcons. If you actually use the weapon jab, it might be a fun team. But clearly, Mustachio couldn't figure that out. What so, about Jameis Winston? Is he a good candidate for a coach of Atlanta? Did yeah, never stop scoring. Never stop scoring. I love it. Run it up. I can't believe that happened. You got to get Jamal Williams. Got to get a tutty. You can't stop it. Be better. Yeah, Jamal goes from steady a Lions record with, what, 17-plus touchdowns? He goes to the Saints and doesn't score one into the left. The last hill victory formation, Jameis goes against the coach's orders. <laughs> Burn, you made a good front office decision. Lions made a great front office decision on that one, clearly. Clearly. Yes. Okay, so let's get to our first preview here. The NFL playoffs are, the stage has been set, and we have our matchups lined up here. There's a couple good games, I feel like. There's a couple that I think are... If anything, it would be more from a betting perspective that would make it interesting. But the first game that that all the eyes are going to be on is Cleveland-Houston. You got Houston gets the home field in this scenario thanks to the Jacksonville Jaguars losing to a team that's not even in playoff contention. So we're we're not going to talk about that one. But I will let Burns start here. Give me your thoughts on the big show. Yeah, Cleveland got the best of uh, the Texans a few weeks back. Uh, That was without the one and only C.J. Stroud. I just think what C.J. has done for that team and and when he's playing, it's been phenomenal. So I I love Houston in this one. Getting the points. They're home dogs. What's the the spread? Yeah, they're plus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take the money line. I take, so give me the points. I just love the Flacco story is great. He's done great for them and obviously brought them back to at least playoff bound, but that train stops in Houston. And I see CJ Stroud going big and getting the playoff victory for D'Amico. And I, I love it. I love it. I wouldn't Everyone's, think that you would be a, a Stroud guy. I'm not a Stroud guy when he played at Ohio State. Things change, Mox. <laughs> Look, I don't think about who he played for. Uh, I'm not. He's still a great quarterback, and I think he was the steal of the draft. Best quarterback that's going to come out of that class, I think. He's lighting it up. He had a great season. But Sean, what are your thoughts on this for, on the first game of the NFL playoff weekend? This one is hard for me because I too love C.J. Stroud and what he's done for this franchise. As Fern alluded to, this is a Christmas Eve 36-22 Cleveland victory, but. They didn't have Stroud, and they're back in Houston. Here's my favorite, again, play responsibly, wager for this game. This total is way too low. It's at 44 as we speak. This is a track meet in Houston, the fast track. They scored 58 points without C.J. Stroud two weeks ago. This is going to go well over the posted total. Get it. This will close at 46 or 46 and a half. Get it now. Get it early. If I had to pick a side, this is hard. That all being said, Cleveland's for real, and they don't get to the playoffs often. Their defense got stronger, so the bright spot with their 31-14 seemingly meaningless loss to the Bengals on Sunday is that they got back Agbo 
Okaruna, so their other defensive end is back, got some healthy reps, and that defensive line and that secondary is a menace. And this is a team that has proved that it can score with Flacco. High-scoring game. If you were giving me a three-and-a-half or four, I would take Houston. At two-and-a-half, I think this is a Browns 28-24 or 35-31 win. So give me the Brownies. Ooh. I hate to miss a, I hate to miss a line with Burns right off the bat. Man. But I got to go we Brownies. Powers, this one's for you. E-Rock, this one's for you. Dog Pound. Yeah, I agree with you that this is a tough matchup to to decide on just because of the scenario with where what Cleveland has achieved with Joe Flacco out of Delaware. Okay, uh, so he has more yards and completions than Deshaun Watson in less games, which is I thought was pretty cool. Jerome Ford has replaced Nick Chubb pretty nicely, I would say. Obviously, they have Cooper and Njoku. And they have the golden toe with Dustin Hopkins. He's actually kicking at 91%. And his long of the year is 58 yards, which got to give him a shout out to my Noel. That could um, be a factor of in the playoffs. I like that. Absolutely. And then, so here's my thing, though. Stroud is obviously the better quarterback. Absolutely lit it up this year. 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns. He doesn't turn the ball over either. The, the only knock on Stroud is that he holds the ball, and he gets sacked a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And that is yeah. one thing that Cleveland is good at. They're good at, they're really good at rushing the quarterback. They actually have the number one passing defense in the league. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that matchup unfolds because you have strength versus strength. I do think that what's going to end up happening, though, for Houston is they're going to force Flacco to throw a couple picks. And in their previous get matchup where they actually played, without Stroud, Flacco threw two interceptions that game. I think that you're going to see a repeat of that. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to see Flacco trying to figure out a way to win this game for the Brownies, and he's not going to be able to do it. I just think that, I just think that Houston, I just think that CJ Stroud is just too good to let that happen at home. So I'm going with Burn on this one. I'm taking Houston on the money line. Actually, uh, Ooh, okay. I don't even take the don't take the points, take Houston to win the game. I think that I commend Cleveland for making it this far and being able to make it to the postseason without their star running back and star quarterback. But you need your weapons in the play. You just need them. There are different and teams so, without their quarterback. Yeah. Speaking so of weapons, though, Noah Brown is questionable with a fractured back. That doesn't sound great. And Robert Woods is injured as well. Yes, Nico Collins is special, but Tank is hurt. Cleveland's defense is second best in the league in de defending the big play. So CJ Stroud without some weapons as well. I think that a fractured back sounds painful. Oh, run some dirt on it. It'd be fun. Michael Penix, how many injuries does he have after the game last night? He's still in the ice bath. He's cryogenic lab at this point, the poor guy. Always making excuses. That guy was on his back. He was throwing picks. He was inaccurate. He was all over. I think he didn't really look so good. But credit to Michigan on that. Though, Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next game that our eyeballs are going to be glued to. And I would assume this is probably going to be one of the higher rated games on the weekend. You have Miami traveling to Kansas City. Kansas City's favored by three and a half points right now. Bajan, what do you think? Everything in this matchup would point to the Chiefs to get the chop going. 21-14 win over the fish in across the pond in Germany. Miami is coming in reeling. However, Miami's going to get more healthy for this matchup. So I want to look at some underlying stats. They really did a nice job Sunday night. Yes, they lost the game to Buffalo, but they stopped the run. Outside of Josh Allen, if you take away Josh Allen's running stats, they only gave up 61 yards on the ground. We know that this new look Chiefs offense with the lack of talent, depth, and execution at receiver has to run the ball with Pacheco. I think the Dolphins are going to take that away. They're the seventh best rush defense in the league, which is a strength for them. They also turned Abbott a ninth, their top 10 in turnovers forced. We know that Kansas City has struggled in that. They're 24th in that. So they turned the ball over Mahomes and struggled with that, as have the receivers. Mostert may be back. Waddle may be back. And Xavier Howard may be back. I know it's cold. 
I know Tua doesn't like the cold. It doesn't makes logical sense, but I'm going to take these three and a half points with the fins up. Chiefs aren't who they used to be, and the Dolphins are due for a breakout. Give me the Dolphins. Going to buy low and then plus three and a half. Fins up. Question. So that our listeners and viewers understand, we are going to give you guys the bet to place on the spread, and we're also going to tell you who we think are going to win the game. Do you think that Miami is going to win the game as well, Bajan? I have that. I, my plus three and a half is a four Bernies out of five. My money line for the Dolphins is a one Bernie out of five. So you're still, you're leaning Miami on this one for sure. Yeah, you can record me as a Miami pick, but it's only one out of five birds. So take that for what it's worth, connoisseurs. Nasty. This is rare, very rare, but I'm going to go against Bajan. The Dolphins all year have not been able to produce when they go against a formidable opponent that has a winning record. They have one win against the Cowboys. I just don't see them going on the road. Weather's not going to be great. Without a pass rush to get to, to get old Patrick Mahomes, they have both their DNs out the rest of the season. I just don't see it. I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, this show is built for the playoffs. They have shown this time and time again. I just, I just don't, I'm never going to bet against them. Yeah, lay the, my bet would be lay the points and Patrick Mahomes will find a way to win by a touchdown. And I'm going to go with, obviously, Casey winning as well. So money line okay. and points. I just looked it up. Howard is ruled out for this game. That official? So, but John, yeah. you, want to re, you want to rethink this? I'm going to stick with them. They'll forget. McDaniel's going to find a way with those gold rim glasses to get this done. Here's the thing, and this is, I just don't really know of any teams historically that have ever been able to advance to even a Super Bowl or make a run in a playoff with this particular stat, okay? And it's alarming and it's gross. And I think that anybody that is a Dolphins fan right now probably has absolutely no confidence going into this game. And the reason why is because Kansas City has a winning record, okay? Mm. So Miami's one in five versus teams that have a winning, it's just, how are you even in the playoffs? Who did you play every week? The Falcons? I just don't I don't understand. And they haven't won on the road against those teams. It was a home game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Hop. I think that there was a collapse towards the end of the season. Obviously, Buffalo was, they were out of the picture, right? Miami had the division. All yeah. they had to do was win maybe two games. All they had to do was win one more game throughout the season. They would have had the division. They're actually just backsliding into this playoff. Lack of momentum. The injury bug is getting them now at the wrong time. I don't really have a lot of confidence in Tua either right now. He looks like he's, he, couldn't even, he couldn't even look at the cameras after the Buffalo game. This is Kansas City all, all day long. Now, I do agree that Kansas, this is not a normal Kansas City team, right? This is like watching Alabama um, Crimson Tide this season. That wasn't a typical Saban Bama team. That's a good the, So I think that Kansas City has obviously got some holes, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say that they're the favorite to win the AFC or anything like that. But I do think that they're going to win this game. And I think that they're going to cover as well. They'll probably win by about a touchdown. What I foresee happening... What I foresee happening is Kansas City gets a little bit of a lead. Miami starts to press. And that'll just be the end of it right there. I Um, I could see that. We're going to go... We're going to preview the other games too. But I wanted to talk about a couple other things as well. In the world of baseball... There was, I think, a little bit of a high-profile trade. Robbie Ray, the, the reason why I said it is because I, I, as a Yankee fan, I wanted the Yankees to get Robbie Ray, but it, apparently his tight pants only fit in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it's very stylish, very trendy. You're going to love his tight pants there. Those are West Coast pants. Yeah. I, I don't even know if he's wearing pants at the time. I feel like it's paint. Like, he just he has lines going down the side. You can see that in San Fran. Uh, so, Bashan, you're our MLB insider here. I want you to give us your thoughts on the trade. Who won the trade, first of all? 
good trade for the Giants. They had to do something after whiffing on everyone that could have potentially come to the Bay Area or wanted to stay far away from the Bay Area. So look, kids, we've got Robbie Ray. It's, they didn't give up much. Mitch Hanniger is 33 years old. His best year in the last five years, he batted 256. His career average is 256. Last year, he batted 209. That's 209 mm-hmm. below the Mendoza line. It, it, just right into the sunset, Mitch Hanniger. The, the Pacific Northwest is a lovely place to do that. Desco, he's 54 and 56. A great trade. Robbie Wright, he might get. He still has the capability to give you a 2019 year. I think his ceiling is 12 and 8 that he went that year, 4.3 ERA. He'll give you 33 starts, eat up 100, 170, 180 innings, and give you maybe 220, 230 Ks. If that's the Robbie Ray you get, then this is, the, this is a good trade for the Giants, especially in that ballpark's about equal. It's tough to hit in either Seattle or in San Francisco, but I think the Giants are a not clear winner, but good winner in this trade. Do you agree, Byrne? And secondly, do you think you could bat better than 209 in the majors? I'm a natural board athlete, Hobbs. Um, yeah. I'm not going to answer no on that. So, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I should be able to hit at least two and a half out of 10. I think 250 is pretty, pretty solid with a shit ton of stolen bases, lots of runs. Burns, scary fast. Pitches. I feel like my on-base percentage would be very high. A lot of hit-by-pitches. Two of it. A lot of walks. I, yeah, I feel pretty, pretty confident that I could get there. But no, I'm with Bajan here. Robbie Ray is the better of the three pieces getting traded. San Fran need to do something. Again, like Bajan said, they struck out on, on quite a few of the free agents this year. So they need to do something to upgrade and get some pieces in that starting rotation. Yeah, I, you know, I feel pretty good about it. I think the Giants are a clear winner. And if he gets in 10 plus wins, that's even, that's just icing on the cake. It'll be interesting to see because obviously there's going to be some big names. I, I think Mike Trout is probably going to get traded from the Angels, right? Like, what would be the reason for Mike Trout to stay there at this point? Just is there comfortable baseball players like routine? He knows the city, he knows the area. Family may be settled. He is from the East Coast, so you maybe look at a contender out there from the Jersey. Some player, yeah, yeah. Some players just like to start and finish at the same place. Something to be said for that. He's getting paid. No. It's not like he's not going to get paid. I agree, but it's just you're also a competitor, right? The Angels are never going to win a World Series, especially now. I, w- I wonder if there's teams like San Francisco that would pony up the cash finally and try to get a guy like Trout over there to the Bay Area. Keep him in the state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I like that. I think that it was a great trade for San Francisco. It gives them a little bit of juice going into next season, at least. So there were the Colts and the Texans had a huge game, a qualifier, playoff qualifier. And towards the end of the game, the, the, the Colts were driving and there was a fourth and one play. Tyler Goodson, Gardner, Minshew. I would like for you guys to tell me who do you blame? Burn, do you do you blame Minshew? Or do you blame Goodson? Do you think he should have caught that? Part of me says that Jonathan Taylor should have been in the game. That's that's more blame the coaching and the personnel side of things. But look, you're an NFL player. In my mind, I'm like, if you that you should make if it touches your hands, you should catch it. But that's and still Gardner put that behind him, so it was a little behind. And if you put it in that situation, I feel like I would lean towards blaming Gardner on this one and not putting it where it needed to be to make that catch just a nice, easy catch and fall for it. But yeah, I feel bad for Tyler. He took blame. Yeah, I, I, you can appreciate and respect that. He was emotional about it. Said it would never happen again. It's probably because he won't be put in that situation ever again. Hopefully he stays on the roster. But no, I would, I lean towards putting the blame on Gardner. But again, I would have had Jonathan Taylor in there. No doubt about it. Good point, Bajan. I couldn't agree more. It's tough to see. You've got to make that play for your quarterback. I think if you throw the ball better, he might score there. He's got one man to beat in a one-on-one matchup, but then you put the guy in, he just fumbles around, and it's just a Not a great look. I blame both. It's hard for me to pick. I think you've got to make the catch, but as a quarterback, 
knowing that guy doesn't get a lot of reps, you're not thinking that in the moment. You just got to step in and make the throw. So I lean towards Minshew. Got to make that easier for the running back. I do appreciate, to Burns' point, how stand-up he was about the drop. His ultimate will go down as a drop. But you got to put the ball in a better spot with that much pressure on the line. Just making an easy catch. He was wide open. You make that if throw, Hive. I've seen you make yeah, that throw. Yeah, if, if you think about it, it's like the... it's Just picture Peyton Manning or Tom Brady in that scenario. And they would have just put a nice little fluffy marshmallow ball out there mm. for anybody in their mama to catch. It, a lineman was wide open. Yeah, lineman could have caught it. Like, so I blame Minshew, actually. But I think that if you turned on ESPN and you watch sports and you just watch the highlight, I, 95% of the people are probably bashing this kid for missing the catch. But when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that was actually a bad throw. I'm trying to think of a, as as a receiver, if you're running and you're turning your head and and then the quarterback puts it on your back hip. That's an awkward catch. It's tough. And you're thinking about getting Crazy. to the line to gain as well. So that's the other factor here. Yeah. You're thinking about if I catch it and fall, where am I going to fall? I've never been in that situation. Don't get me wrong. I don't wear helmets around on a normal basis either. But I think I would imagine you'd be thinking about all of those things is I need to get to the line. So just make it easy. Like you said, serve up a s'more. Yeah. Get a marshmallow in there. Get the campfire and, going. Yeah. I, I really wonder who's actually getting the blame on this one in reality, but I feel bad for that kid, man, because oh Lord. I mean, it's I, just I not the... that Gardner sent something to him. Gardner had to be like, hey, man, that was on me. Yeah, no, Gardner, he did. Yeah, he looks like a good right. leader in there. I know his teammates like him. It's a tough play to see. It doesn't really encompass. They had a great year. Give the Colts a ton of credit. Jonathan Taylor situation, AR5 goes down, some other injuries, and they played through it. And, and we're right on the precipice of potentially winning the divisions. Lots of moving forward if you're a Colts fan. I know it's a tough moment. I wonder if they're going to... Actually, CJ Stroud said that was the loudest NFL stadium he's ever played in. I don't know if you guys oh. saw that. That was Colts. pretty... So kudos to the Colts fans out oh. there. Big A, if you're listening. Big A. So let's move on to the next game that's going to be on the docket. We have somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers made it to the playoffs, and they're taking on the super hot Josh Allen Buffalo Ooh. Bills. And I don't mean that Josh Allen's super hot. The Bills that's okay. are super hot. It's all right. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> got to go hard to. <laughs> you get to start on this one. So it's Buffalo's minus 10 at home. At it's the easiest game to pick money line wise. Like I feel very confident five out of five burns. Buffalo's gonna win this game. Mm-hmm. That's that's beside the point. The spread, it's just tough. Double digits, playoffs, but it's it's Mason Rudolph. That's run, run. And and then with Watts injury, I just it it is hard for me to say that Buffalo can't blow this off the top and just blow them out of the water. Um I'm going to take a chance. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the 10 and uh, and say Buffalo covers that spread and wins by two touchdowns. Yeah. I know. I don't love it, but I just it, Buffalo, I think, is the hottest team right now. I think that they are, the, like, if, they, if I'm in the AFC, they're the team that I don't really want to play. And Pittsburgh, great story. You got to, it's unbelievable what Tomlin's done as far as having a winning record for that many for every season and making the playoffs when I think we wrote the Steelers off second week of the season. And here we are, they're in the playoffs. Pretty impressive, especially to have three teams from the AFC North to be in the playoffs. But yeah, Buffalo covers, Buffalo wins. Buffalo is your fifth Buffalo yeah. is your fifth favorite team, Burn? Yeah, they're they they just made the cut at, at top five. Fix such a we are I could not agree more. Great story for Pittsburgh. Give time on again, like you said, ton of credit. This is a gritty team. And Najee Harris actually running the ball, that offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage a lot better. However, in the seven losses for Pittsburgh this season, their average margin of loss has been 13 and a half points. 
This reminds me a lot of when the Bills played the Jets about six or seven weeks ago when they beat them 32-6. to six. Uh, Jets missing some key pieces, couldn't really move the ball. I think if you look at that Miami game, Josh Allen had two picks in the red zone, and he still completed 30 out of 38 passes. I think they clean that up this week. I think this is a potential blowout. I am four burns minus 10 and seven burns money line five. Love it. So circle the wagons. Buffalo keeps rolling. This will be their most complete game since that uh, Jets defeat 32-6. Yeah, because really, so if Pittsburgh wouldn't have squeaked into the playoffs, who would uh, Buffalo would have played? They would have had to have played... Let's say Jacksonville would, would have won like they were supposed to. Would Houston have made the wild card? Yeah, I think they would have played Houston, I believe. I think Houston was, I think Houston was in. I feel like Houston was in no matter what. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on yeah. that. Houston had won the division. If Jacksonville won, Houston, I think, gets in. Buffalo, Houston... would have been the, Buffalo would have been the seventh seed if they had lost to Miami because Pittsburgh had the tiebreaker yeah. over them. So a lot of interesting. Yeah, scenarios, it's just but we're at. We're yeah, at. the way that the way the line for them is, if you're a Steelers fan, you probably want to cover your ears here. I don't think that. I think that Pittsburgh was lucky to have drawn a Lamarless Baltimore in the finale of the season. I, that's I think that's why they got in is because they played. They had to play Baltimore in the final week of the season, but Baltimore didn't have to play. So it wasn't half the team wasn't any, there. Uh, it's on no. Now, now I think that since half the team wasn't there, we should do an investigation and see if they deserve to be in the playoff. But that's another story. I Mason Rudolph, fine. And Here's the problem. When you look at the technicals here, Pittsburgh, they struggle at stopping the run. And what in the world do you not want to face? And that's Josh Allen, the dual threat oh. machine. That guy does not care if he gets injured, it doesn't seem like. He just runs... Reckless abandon. Now, if now if you are a Steelers fan and you're hoping for, hey, Hav, tell us something to give us some sort of glimmer of hope, I will say this. Steelers are number two in the NFL in turnover differential. Okay? Mm. So they obviously fly around and they try to make the other team force mistakes and they try to muck up the game a little bit. We've seen it happen. We saw it with Lamar. They beat Lamar, actually, now that I talk about it. Earlier in the season. Yes. <laughs> With a late, terrible so, late pick. I know, but so actually, yeah, they actually did beat Baltimore, even with Lamar. So I recant my last statement. Baltimore uh, was a different team earlier in the season. Yeah, I get it, but it's still a division rival. So I, I would say that if you're a Steelers fan and, you, and you're hoping for a close game, there's a chance. And Josh Allen, there's he is not afraid to throw the ball out there for some picks so if pittsburgh is going to be able to get some interceptions maybe uh, a strip sack here that's the only hope they have in this game oh um but i'm, I'm not going to bet on it i'm taking buffalo minus 10 and obviously to win the game that was a very um, long-winded reasoning to then circle back and get to buffalo we got we have a big <laughs> fan base in pittsburgh so i don't want to we don't want to burn any, yeah. We don't want to burn any bridges to the steel curtain. Steel. Man. Look, we know how you feel, Pittsburgh. You guys made the play playoffs. Steel Nation. Okay, so the fourth game. This mm. is somewhat intriguing. Oh, Green it is. It is. <laughs> okay, so Green travels to Dallas. This is the Mike McCarthy Bowl. Dallas is minus seven and a half, and I am going. I can't wait to see what Bajan has to say about this game. This hook is so valuable at seven and a half. Green Bay is coming in hot. Jordan Love had a chance, outside chance of actually leading the league in touchdown passes. Finished second or third, but had a chance coming in the final week. This kid is coming on. Using Whoa. his young receivers, feeling confident. They've won three out of five, including three in a row. And their two losses have been just by an average of what's that number? Eight points. This seven and a half is perfect. Green Bay does, they protect Jordan Love. And Jordan Love knows when to take off or get rid of it. Dallas was just about the pressures they got early. They're 13th in the league in sacks. So Jordan Love has been protected, been getting the ball out quickly. They don't turn the ball over 
either. They're in the top 10 in, in producing turnovers in, as an offense, and that's impressive with how many young pieces they have. Dallas is right in the middle of the pack and forcing turnovers. So I see De- Green Bay staying in this game. This 7.5 is beautiful. Get it before it goes to 7. If you can get it to 8, even better. I am 4 out of 5 burns. It's plus 7.5 Green Bay. There's going to be an upset that happens this week. Is it going to be Green Bay? I don't know that it's going to be Green Bay, but they could do it. I'm going to go with Dallas to get it done, maybe by a field goal, but that's a two out of five burn. So give me Dallas money line, two out of five, and give me Green Bay plus seven and a half, four out of five burns. I love it. I love it. We are aligned. I, I think Green Bay is just like Buffalo. They're Buffalo being the hottest team in the AFC. I think Green Bay is one of the hottest teams in the NFC mm-hmm. right now. You know, Jordan Love is coming into his own, and I just feel like this is seven and a half is too much. Green Bay is staying in these games. They're able to come from behind if, if need be. They're not going to back down from a challenge. Cowboys have been fantastic at home, but the Lions showed that it, it can be done. They can be beat, you know, unless you have refs on your side. But, but yeah, I, I feel like the seven and a half, like run, run and get that hook. Yeah. So I'd, yeah, give me the points, Green Bay, seven and a half for sure. And then I'm with Bajon that there has to be an upset. And I really wanted to take. Yeah. I really oh, to take. Are they just a little bit too young, Burr? Uh, just a little bit uh, too Yeah, I think maybe? I just think that this is gonna be tough for them to overcome. And Dallas is has shown they're really good at home. They find ways to win. And I, I just can't I can't pick this as the game. So I'm going to go ahead and take Dallas as the winner on the money line. But uh, Betty, give me Green Bay. Give those points. Yeah, man, I already picked one upset with Houston, by the way, just for the record. I agree that there's going to be a couple upsets, and I already picked one of them. This is not going to be it. Here's the problem. The game's in Dallas. It's been well documented. We've seen it. We've seen it all season long. Dallas is a totally different team when they're playing at home for whatever the reason it may be. When, whenever you're an ups, whenever you're an underdog, as we were talking about in the previous game, you have to be able to force turnovers and Green Bay is very average at doing so. Mm-hmm. Dallas is number one in the NFL in points per game. They're playing at home. It adds fuel to the fire. I just don't see where this is adding up to be the upset special that we're looking for. So I'm going to take Dallas by 10 or more points on this one. I feel pretty confident oh. that Dallas is going to take care of business in this matchup. I think you guys have a little bit of an NFC North bias. Just Could be. Could be. Have an NFC South. We'll see what that happens on the next one. I'd rather have an NFC North bias than an NFC South bias. If I had 100%. It pursues, 100%. <laughs> it's like when Penn State's playing Northwestern. And Burns sitting here touting how good Penn State is. That's his Big Ten bias right there, trying to talk up the the division when we all know that Penn State wasn't good. Same thing yeah. with Green Bay. Well, all uh, I going on. Don't, don't leave. Yeah. So. That secondary is playing better Green Bay. Watch out. Okay, so I want you guys to tell me what's the bigger loss here. Okay, it's Nike is parting ways with Tiger Woods and Memphis loses John Morant for the season. Burn, what say you? Look, I love it. I love the Tigers and Nike are parting ways. It's been a long time coming. He's made his money, 660 million over, over the course, what was it, 27-ish years. Oh. Nike has probably made five times that, the Tiger name and the Tiger clothing line and equipment, but the biggest Tiger's going to figure out he's going to find somebody else to jump on board. He's going to get paid. Nike's going to continue their path and continue to be one of the top sporting lines. But John Morant, they have nine games. They were six and three with him after an abysmal start without him. He was averaging 25 points a game. They were starting to, to play well together. I think that's a huge loss. It's a much bigger loss. Losing job for the season, you can count Memphis out. They're, they're going to play for that high draft pick now, unfortunately. So, uh, tough loss. It was good to see job back. And again, he was playing so well with them and unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest loss for sure. 
Couldn't agree more. When you look at what fans lose and what fans of the game lose, it's John Moran. Tough for that franchise, tough for that city. Such an electric, engaging player on the court. Does so much for that team and the league. I love, I wake up to watch John Morant highlights or, or I watch Memphis games now. I'm not going to, I mean, I like Desmond Bain, but I'm probably not going to tune into the, to the Grizz anymore. So that's a huge loss for the league and for fans. We're not going to lose Tiger. We're not going to lose Nike. Tiger will just probably go like MJ did and give his own brand. It's already there 90% of the way. It's, we don't lose that. Nike may be getting out of golf, which I think long-term is a mistake. That sport is growing in popularity. I don't think that's a good decision from their perspective, but we're going to still have Nike. We're going to still have Tiger. We don't have John. Very sad. I'm starting to wonder if this is like the beginning of maybe, I don't want to say the end for John Morant because obviously he's really young, but his career has started off on, a, on, on the wrong foot. Obviously on the court, he's unstoppable. But it's just all the things now, uh, all the things off the court that he was dealing with. And then now a season ending injury. It's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from this, because if for whatever reason, now he becomes injury prone, then. Then that's that John Morant's career was what it was, and it's I really hope that's not what happens there. I hope he gets his life together and he is able to get back on the court, but it's not looking good for him right now. I don't know why Nike decided to take all the momentum that they had with Tiger Woods as their spokesman for the sport of golf and decide to exit the sport. It's, what, what are you doing? Everybody was out there buying Nike shirts, Nike whatever for golf. And they're just, they're, they decided to part ways. Tiger, I think there's a rumor that he's going to be jumping on board with something to do with Charlie Woods. There's some brand. I, I don't even know. Yeah, Charlie, of it. Least, it's the brand of Justin Thomas. And they're obviously yeah. Tiger and Justin are real, pretty much best friends, but that's what Charlie's wearing most of the time. So is that I, Wolf logo? Great. I forget the name of it though, but yeah, it's but obviously between Justin and Charlie, I think Tiger joins in and just make that up. The next big brand, it looks like. Yeah, he doesn't need the money at this he point. Doesn't. I think he'll be all right. Um, <laughs> It'll help Charlie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, um, I love that. He's like LeBron and Bronny. Like, they're at the ages now where they're just, they got to hype up their sons. Now, I don't know. I get worried. I'll be interested to see how Tiger performs this season. I guess he's planning on playing at least five to six tournaments throughout the year. Just wait for April, buddy. I mean, I, Georgia. I will bet. I, 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 you know, I bet my family every time. Another master, another major is coming. Do you masters. have a master's flag behind you? Flag. That's the every victory that Tiger has, and it's a signed master's flag. But it has it has the like the entry tickets for each year that Tiger's won it all five years. Can, is there any way that we can get a sponsorship to get us to Augusta so we can the next broadcast phase. live? Live for the Masters sports caveat. We'll do our damnest, man. I, I would, that would, that's on my bucket list. Yes. Anybody out there in our sports caviar world, if you guys have it, we need to be there. Let's go. Come on, get us there. Um, we'll provide all you can eat pimento sandwiches. It's on us. Yeah. It's on us. Sounds good right about now. All right, last two NFL games, and maybe the biggest. So we have the L.A. Rams traveling to the lovely city of Detroit. The kitties are, what are they? What was the line? Did it move to? Minus three is what I'm showing. Obviously, I know that you guys are liking Detroit to win this game. I don't know if you like it minus three. Go ahead and start it, Burn. I, I'm going to go with my heart here, and I think Detroit is the better team. I, I think losing Sam Laporta last week is oh. very much going to, to be a, a big factor, uh, um, unfortunately. I think Detroit can find a way to mask that, but uh, that's a huge loss for us. We're at home. The emotions are going to be high. Getting uh, Gardner Johnson back 
was big. I think that's going to help our secondary. He got his feet wet last week. It's Matt Stafford's homecoming. So I think emotions will be high on both sides. I think it's time for the kiddies to show up and say, hey, look, we do belong. We earned this playoff spot. We're 12 and 5. They're going to take this money line cover. Give me the kiddies. Send Stafford back home. Tell Kelly we apologize. I'm going to go with my heart as well, Burn. The Lions are hosting a playoff game. We're hosting. It's not the Pontiac Silverdome. This is tremendous. This is going to be exciting. I'll tell you what, this is a great matchup on turf. Rams are top 10 in seven key offensive categories. McVay with Puka, with Cooper, with Higby, with whoever it is, Kyron Williams. Just absolutely a fun team to watch. The only team that's close to that are the Kitties. They are top 10 in six offensive categories. So look for a lot of fireworks. Obviously, probably going to be without Laporta. Can't blame Campbell. That's who he is. He's going to play as starters. We had a chance at the two seed. That's who this team is. And that's why I like the Lions because they play every game to win it. And, and they could very well be coming in as a two seed, had that Dallas seed, but that neither here nor here. Here's the difference in the game. And I was looking for something to go with my heart. It's a Lions rush defense. McVay wants to run the ball with Kyron Williams to set up the pass. We are, the Lions are the second best rush defense in the league. I see us. And the one thing Matty Stafford does not do well with is pressure up the middle or pressure on the ends. I see a stuffing the run, shutting down the play-action pass. We'll get to Stafford enough. Maybe a fumble. He's been known to fumble in the pocket. I can see Hutchinson coming around with the judo. Strip sack fumble. Ball on the floor. Kitties get it. The other thing I like in a close game, they're playing kicker roulette out there. They've already they brought, they had a kicker. They lost the kicker. They brought back in the former kicker. They're playing, you never want to be playing kicker roulette going to the playoffs, especially a three-point spread. That could be a difference. Brett Maher is back kicking. I would hate this at three and a half. I'm going to go three out of five burns, kitties minus three, four out of five burns, uh, Lions money line. Give me the kitties. The roar. Yes. Or maybe just just enough to get down. I think this is a really intriguing matchup. It's the who won the trade bowl. So obviously Ooh, yeah. Stafford Goff swap after yes. Goff uh, took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Now, here's the thing. Okay, Detroit, very balanced offensively. All right. They have the third total offense in the NFL. Give credit where credit is due for Detroit from that standpoint. The Rams have won seven out of eight and are in full blown. Going streaking, Will Ferrell, (laughs) old school stuff. Who's coming with me? It's the Rams right now. They haven't played anybody. They played whoever they had to play. Their only loss is overtime to Baltimore. I got to give them credit. They're coming in playing very good. I'm giving credit. Still, it's not like it's they were beating a ton of above 500 playoff teams. Says a Michigan fan. Now, here's the thing. Okay. Where Detroit has a weakness is in their secondary. Now, you were talking about how your strength is your run, your running defense. True. But a little soft in the secondary. Now, here's the problem. Is that is the Rams' strength? I think that's a matchup that the Rams, and McVay's a great coach. I think they're going to expose that, and they're going to keep this game super tight. All right? Going into the fourth quarter, I have a feeling you guys are going to be sweating a little bit. All right? Now, I think Detroit will probably win the game, but oh, I am going good. to take I'm going to take the Rams plus three though. Oh, spicy! So I it's um on the margins for this one. Twenty-one twenty. Twenty-one twenty. <laughs> A very similar score to the Dallas is or what thirty-one thirty. Like. This one's probably thirty-one yeah. thirty. I was yeah, thinking this is going to be closer to the Lions Bucks game. No way. The Rams have been there. Obviously, Stafford feels comfortable playing in the Detroit stadium. So I think this is, there's going to be some, there's going to be some Stafford Lions jerseys in the stands. Yes, there will be. I don't know. Uh, This is a a tough game to pick, I feel like. We'll see. We shall see. 
And then that actually is almost going to wrap up the NFL slate. They put my bucks to Monday Night Football. will be highlighted as the only game for the day. And then it will be on Martin Luther King. You'll have all day to just sit down and chill and eat some wings and play some golden tea while so waiting NBA, for kickoff. A lot, of, a lot of NBA on during the day. Soak that in before your Monday night thriller. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to start on this one because obviously there's no surprises here on who I'm going to actually pick. But I'll give you guys a little bit of some nuggets if you want. The problem that I have versus Philly is that we're susceptible through the air. Okay. Now, what I love about our chances on Monday night is that we are very large and we are very girthy up the middle. Okay. So we have an incredible run defense. So I think that it's going to be interesting from that same point because Philly is struggling right now. And I think that what they're going to try to do is try to establish the run game. That's the easiest thing to travel when you're on the road. Let's try to establish the run. Let's play solid defense, see if we can come out with a win. But if Tampa can shut down the run, I think that's going to put, that's going to put Philly in a pretty interesting situation there. So here's the thing. Tampa Bay, we're eighth in the NFL in points per game. Philly is almost dead last defensively okay philly's almost dead last in their secondary what is tampa's if there's a strength for tampa's offense what would it be would you say mike evans and chris godwin big mike down the field i think that it's gonna come down to can the baker bake or is what which baker is gonna show up now another thing here philly they're oh and five Against the spread in their last five games, the Bucks are four and one, four and one against the spread in the last five five games. The Bucks have won four out of five games outright. It's a tale of two different teams right now. Obviously, we played earlier in the season, but the way that we're entering the playoffs, Philly is just an absolute mess, and Tampa has whatever momentum we were going to have. We have it right now, so. Another underdog, you said it earlier, there's going to be some underdogs that win this weekend. And this is another one, baby. Burn, who you like? Look, I think it's been very well known, my love for the Eagles all season. I think that they are have shown throughout this season they belong in the playoffs. They can be dominant on both sides of the ball at times. But yeah, and everything points to the Eagles. But today is not that day. I'm going to take the Bucks, And this is the upset in the NFC. Yeah! I just, you have lost faith in the Eagles over the last four or five weeks. They are a different team. They are in disarray. It it doesn't seem like they're playing on the same on the same sides. Like coaches are, people are talking about the coaches that they they've given up all the coaching staff and that. So I, I just I they're in disarray. And AJ Brown hurt. Can they get the running game going? I don't know. But I think Baker finds a way to bake. I think he finds a way to earn a long term contract to stay with the Buccaneers. So this hurts me. But fire the damn cannons. I say take the points and run with it to a victory, and then you'll lose next week. That's fine. But this week, the Bucks, baby. Yeah. Sorry, gentlemen, it's going to be a slight mutiny. There's nothing more reinvigorating when you're struggling or need to refresh. Just to head down to the great Gulf Coast of Florida. Beautiful <laughs> weather. Feel better. Get the humidity in the skin. It's cold up in the Northeast. Is Philly a great team? They're not. Are they a good team? They, they still are. They're going to find a way to win this game. You mentioned 4-1 against a spread high, but it's a terrific stat that includes games against the Panthers and I believe two against the Falcons. This is a different breed. 9 nothing thriller in Charlotte to clinch the division. Shut out. It, that, that is correct. I, I think this is 
I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I, I think they're they had the pedigree. I just think they'll put pressure on Baker. I think he's going to, it might be Baker's mistakes that lead to that. I do Rashad White a lot, and I really like him as a young player. And the middle of your defense is stout, but I think game planning, whether it be Kenneth Gainwell, whether it be someone else, Sirianni is going to figure out something to get this win. Do I think it's a blowout? I don't, but I do. I think the Philly will cover it. I think they'll barely win. I do. Enough to cover the spread and a Philly money line. Sorry, I wanted this to be taken to the bank. I just can't get there. Slight mutiny. Eagles. I get it. Here, here's the thing. I, I understand. It's not the Bucks had this super impressive. It's all. They actually remind me of Florida State after Jordan Travis went down. Huh? It's not. It's not like Florida State had an impressive ACC title win, right? Like they, we won, but yeah. it was like, and it, it, it's same thing with Tampa. It's we won, but you're not like you're not impressed with the offense, but the defense. Like, give them credit, Hav. Give the yeah. defense credit. So I, I think that it's just, it really, it, what this is going to come down to is that what happens to a team when they've lost five out of six games? Like, are they, what, is their confidence out the window at this point? Or were they professional enough to be able to just rebound and say, oh, we're in the playoffs, this is a new season, let's go? Do you think they can even do that? I think there's some of that still left in that locker room. I don't think there's a ton of it or enough to make a run past this game, but barely enough of that mojo in the locker room to get squeak by the Bucks. I might have to go to that game. You should. They need more Bucks fans because, goodness. Yeah, it's a stink. It might, it would be like a home game when we played you guys. So, uh, no, I think that um, I've, I've been to enough Bucks games to know that the playoff games are. We'll show up for those. Um, it's just we don't show up for a, a big matchup in October is what we don't do. Um, so um, there is our picks. I feel pretty good. Uh, do we have a clean sweep on any of them? Buffalo. Oh, well, we yeah, that's pretty obvious. Buffalo was the clean sweep. Take the oh, you guys, on both. I, yeah, you guys had Green Bay. I took Dallas. Yeah, and then we both had Houston, and then we, we both had Houston. Bajon had Cleveland. Yeah. You and I had and Miami. Bajon had Miami, and then you have Miami. Wow, we had Detroit. Wow. You had the Rams. What are our season standings up? Listeners want to know. Yeah, I'll have to tally those up. I haven't tallied them up. Bruin Nasty was so in the lead. Well, I just um, like to know. I like to finish the race. No, yeah, yeah for sure. I think it was we'll obvious. To... It was very similar to Michigan. I just I dominated from start to finish. Yeah, we'll never know. I, I do think that it would have been really nice to have seen Michigan play Georgia and Florida State to get to that national championship banner. But that is for another episode of Sports Caviar. So I hope that you guys enjoy this full slate of football. And as Bijan mentioned, plenty of hoops on MLK Day. Hopefully you guys actually have the day off. Are you guys off, Bijan and Bird? I'll be providing some shareholder value, but I'm going to take some time to recognize the importance of that day and, and certainly soak in some hoops and some football later on in the day after I put out a good day's work. Yeah, I cool. imagine I'll put a few hours in, but but yeah, I'll make sure I take some time to to reflect and, and watch some good, some good sporting events throughout that evening. I'm off that day, so I, so, I don't know. Live the good life. Yeah, I'm just going to be just daydreaming of Baker Mayfield all day. Vita <laughs> Van. That'll do it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Good night. Godspeed.